Mr. Pop. It's not music, it's English wankerdom at its best. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Well, starting ready or not, I don't care if you're ready or not, I'm starting now, right? Welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. This is a very serious program. This program explores a lot of things that a lot of other programs don't. And there's bloody good reason for that. Um, uh, With me, Mark Fine, uh, from Lenny's Fine Foods in beautiful downtown North Caulfield. How are you, Kevin? I'm very well, thank you, Mr Fine. Small business operator, or well, medium to large business operator, really. Um, yeah. How's your week now? Been? I've got, yeah, good. I mean, I've got, I've got a few things to get off that really have annoyed me this week, so uh, I'll be venting on the program. Beautiful. Looking forward to a vent. Yep. Uh, and let's get to our other panelist. Here he is, Brian Mannix, the Gold Coast penthouse owner operator. Uh, and a peddler of fine uh, musical uh, fare across the uh, uh, the all corners of this wonderful sunburned country of ours. Well, feeling like I'm in far better shape than I was on last week's program. I couldn't even listen to the end of it. My God, I was pissed out of my mind. Um, so, yeah, I, I've decided to uh, keep myself a little bit tidy this week. Not completely tidy, but... Um, Tidy enough to do a better effort than what I did last week. Now, we're going to have to buy you like a $5, you know, headphone set or something. Have they got any – what's what's the uh, standard of uh, audio equipment like there on the on the GC? Are they up to specs yet? <laughs> well, it's going to get really good on Friday because – Terrific. There's a big box coming out. Can you hear me now? Is it okay? Well, yeah, I'm listening to you. We're, we're both, you know, well, that's, hanging that's, on your every that's word, half, Blondie. That's half the battle. Um <laughs> But, um, no, I've got a big box coming on Friday or, well, you know, half a container, I guess, and I don't know where we're going to fit everything, but I will have a really good microphone like I used to have back Yay. in the Port West, where, and so I'll be able to do it through my computer and uh, we'll have far better quality of Brian. Very good. So um, I'm sure the fans will be looking oh, forward to that. Off their faces with anticipation. <laughs> And they're just hoping that Kev's got a mute button. Exactly right. Now we're going to do on this on this program. We're going to do the footy tips as normal and the footy tips as not normal because we're going to in, introduce uh, Finey's uh, little thing for June, uh, where uh, each Love game it. each game has uh, has has been marked up and Finey sent that to me already. So I've got that all prepared over there. Finey's got it all under control. There's ten points a game. It's split between the two teams. So if you pick uh, Team A. And they win, you might get three points for that. And Team B wins, you might get seven because they're not favoured. So it's a very simple system when you now, actually now, look at it. But it's it, it looks it's going to be fun. Is this a separate competition, or we're just changing the rules for the month? This is this is separate. We'll keep going with the normal one that you're dying okay. in, Brian, because the the actual. I made a bit. Of, I made a bit of a comeback. Yeah, this week, the, didn't I? Yeah, but the actual joy for Finey and I is watching you. You know, just. Die in the arse yeah. every week, basically. Well, well, not this week. I had a pretty good week. No, you I did. This no, week. you did. You won All this week. All the got up. No, yeah. you won. You won this week. You won this week handsomely, good. actually. Um, good on me. So uh, yeah, so we're going to run both, but we'll run this one. Uh, the the what's it called, Finny? What'd you call it? Tip ten. Tip ten. Tip ten. Um, we're going to run nice. that for June, and then we'll see at the end of June, and then we'll work out what we do. We'll come to some arrangement between the three. Is what we do. What the winner of that gets. 
whether it's well, three or four points, uh, you know, on your on your oh, tips, or whether okay. whether we come up with a prize, or whether I can, you know, get something from procure something from somewhere. Um, it might be of interest, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I reckon it should be a dare. Oh shit, no! <laughs> the other two, the other two have to do something. <laughs> oh shit! I don't mind that, but oh, yeah. my immediate reaction was, "Oh, two slabs, beauty!" <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, we can talk about that. I we guess. can now. All right, Funny, what's what, what's on your what's on your uh, your SOL? What's going on? All right. Well, I mean, one of them will do when we get to footy because. And Kilda absolutely shat the bed, but anyhow. <laughs> um, and the other will, get, and then the other one will get when we do the deathalizer, right? But in between times is Finey's traffic gripe of the week. Oh yeah, good, it's back for its second yeah, week, yeah. ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It's time now for Finey's traffic gripe of the week. Very good. Now, first of all, I just want to say something. This is separate to the, you know, this is a more global comment. Um, I've sat back and I really haven't said anything over the months and years I've been doing this, because a couple of years now, yeah. while, while Brian has mercilessly attacked um Unmerc- un- unmercifully attacked, I think. Yeah. Unmercifully attacked. Yes. Viciously attacked. Any th- <coughs> Correct. Pardon me. Um, any um, virtue signalling, woke, wokeness, you know, and I've sat back and said nothing while he's launched into political correctness. And, Look, to, be honest, and to be honest, it's time that I... I can't sit back and say nothing anymore. Fair enough. You've got to correct the balance. You've got to correct the balance. Okay. No, I'm actually not correcting the balance. I'm going to say that most of the time you've been fucking right and I've just sat back and <laughs> haven't, <laughs> haven't, haven't supported you. What's changed? What's, what has, has helped you jump onto the team? Well, a big part of this new society we live in, this this virtue signaling rubbish is happens on the roads and i mean first of all first of all they have taken to one of the most beautiful boulevards in the world St Kilda road leading into the city yeah like like a maniac with an electric knife on christmas day rips apart a turkey they have destroyed that road with some belting yet to be completed tram terminal so we can all catch a tram from the outer suburbs into the middle of St Kilda Road. I don't know what's going on with that near Domain Road, the Domain Bypass or Domain Intersection or, you know, something's going on there, but it's a complete catastrophe. But what they've done to destroy the road is put in these ridiculous bike lanes. And I want to talk about bike lanes today oh, that are destroying, destroying the city, but they're not being used by bikes anymore. So... I stepped onto the road the other day. I was at Aldi and I was crossing the road and I very almost got hit by a guy going at least 50 k's an hour on a scooter. Oh, what? okay. One of those now, electric things or? 
Well, I think it was uh, nuclear powered. <laughs> <laughs> now he's in the bike lane. These bike lanes that are absolutely everywhere now, being built everywhere, ruining roads, ruining traffic. Everywhere there's a bike lane because some pissant virtue signalling anal grub <laughs> has, has, has been caught, up, anyway. caught up in the maelstrom of global warming and thinks that they're going to save the world by building bike lanes and in this perfect world of theirs, everybody will get on their bicycle and cycle to work and and, and everybody will be on bicycles. <laughs> but that's not how these things work. These things have been commandeered by quasi-criminals flying around on scooters, motor-powered bikes, skateboards, yeah. monocycles, pogo sticks. They're all they're all <laughs> they're all powered up. They're all going incredibly fast. Now here's the problem. The government is either too weak, too preoccupied, too distracted, or it's in the too hard basket to actually do something about this. Now I'm telling you something. These People are on in these bike lanes on motor-powered vehicles travelling an incredible... This guy was going 50 k's an hour at least in a 40 zone without a helmet yeah. on a vehicle that has no registration number on it. Of course not. The police, the police can't chase him. If the police go after him in a car, he's just going to go down a laneway, a driveway, a yep. back alley. They can't do anything about it because it's got no registration number. I'm telling you that these things are not just being used to deliver your Nazi goreng at night by Ubers. <laughs> I, I can tell you on, from personal experience, they're a favourite of car thieves because when my car was oh. recovered, there was a stolen scooter in the back seat. So they scooter around looking for cars. Yeah, 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 because obviously you're not going to park your car over there and then go and steal one, are you? They are adored by drug runners and drug dealers because yep. they don't have number plates and they can get around looking like they're delivering food. Yep. They're a favourite for vandals who only have to get on one of these and put on a COVID-style face mask and then they can go and graffiti whatever they want and actually look up at the CCTV, give it a middle finger and laugh. <laughs> Jeez. It's very true, and this is what. And this is what we've got running around the city. But, no, but you know what the government does? The government continues like a leech on a fat boy's bottom to suck blood <laughs> out of every person who drives a registered vehicle in this state, right? Yep. Exorbitant fines, incredible taxes on petrol, outrageous registration fees, let alone insurance costs. Keep giving it, keep whacking car drivers, truck drivers, lorry drivers, motorbike drivers, keep belting us till we are into submission, but we're actually sharing the road with unregistered vehicles that go faster than we do yep. and are breaking the law. So, and and so you're I can paying get 12, for their roads. They don't pay yeah. for anything. No. You're, paying for the, you're paying for the bike lines as a motor car driver. And they're getting more and more bike lanes built by more and more who think that they're saving the planet. Yep. I mean, well, it's Sally, outrageous. Sally Cap is a beauty of that because she's 
you know, as if Melbourne CBD wasn't in enough trouble and then she put all these bike lines in. And, you know, for small business, you know, if you can't, who wants to drive to the CBD now? You just don't do it. It's just too hard. Well, you know, Sam, you mentioned you mentioned St Kilda Road. I haven't been down St Kilda Road, and I used to go on that almost every day at one stage. I haven't been down St Kilda Road. I don't. I reckon for five or six years because it's such a traffic friggin' nightmare. I mean, I'm up and down it all the time. It's a, I, and I can also tell you, I'm telling you as a fact, the way bike lanes are designed, people are going to get killed because they're they're coming. You, you, if you have to turn off the off the St Kilda Road into a driveway, the bike lanes are shielded by parked cars. The whole thing is ill-conceived, but these bike lanes aren't being used by bikes. No. Bikes, are, bikes are but a fraction of it. They're being used so – the bike lane down Chapel Street, you know, you're supposed to look before you open your door – yeah. But you're looking around your shoulder. You're not looking for something going 40 k's an hour. Yeah, it exactly. Is, it is ridiculous. And the police can't do anything because what's a police car going to do in traffic? They can't keep up with some lunatic on a scooter. They can't. Uh, the, the, the scooter's often gone. The police, there's no way the police can chase them in a car. They just can't. No. Well, well, I was walking around beautiful surface paradise today and um, – I was with my daughter and we saw the police on push bikes. And she said, oh, I just can't take police on push bikes seriously. And I said, No. A lot of the times they'll get there quicker than, um, you know, a car will because of the traffic and et cetera. And um, I, don't, I don't know why you don't have policemen on push bikes for that very reason. It sort of makes common sense to me, but I guess common sense is a thing of the past. But, but they're on push bikes, which is great, and there's some fit coppers on push bikes. But the, but, but the ne'er-do-wells are on push bikes with motors that let them go uphill at 40 k's an hour. Yeah. I have bikes go they're past me bi- in the car, and I think, how the bloody hell are you doing that? And then you look down and it, there's no it, no one's pedalling. Yeah. yeah. It's a joke. Yeah, it's it an is. absolute yeah, joke. It is. it is a joke. Here, here, Mr. Fine. Well, I think uh, Mr. Mannix and myself concur with just about every single thing you said yeah. there. And another example of catering, catering to the minority yeah. at the expense of the majority. And that's bloody, that is, is so it's, common now. Um, it's, it's, but, it's undemocratic. It's, um, you know, the, the democracy is the majority rules. And, you know, we want to be inclusive and we want to have everybody being involved and, and that's fair enough. But... You know, life is such that sometimes it's it's you know you are a bit overlooked. You know that's that's fine. You know musicians are overlooked all the time, but you know the bike riders and <laughs> you know have it's a look not the bike. bike. It's not the bike riders. You know how this happened? Yeah. Idealistic teenagers just getting the vote, just coming out of the closeted world of university are voting in Greens candidates in inner city electorates because, you know, everything's idealistic and the Greens promise this beautiful world, in reality, undeliverable, but they'll keep promising it even though they know it's undeliverable. But what they are forcing through are things like bike lanes and and other, another thing, another changes that are far more than cosmetic to the city. So 
all right, we'll, we'll appease, because they've got the balance of power in some cases, all right, we'll have to sign off on that or or even at council level, we'll have to pander to the green-leaning candidates or the green-leaning members of council because they're going to wield power. And they honestly, do they honestly believe, I mean, that's their way of enacting save the globe because they really can't do anything else because everything else they've promised is pie-in-the-sky bullshit. But what they can get through are bike lanes. But they're not. But what they're doing is they're making bike lanes for basically law-breaking. I'll tell you what. who uses them. Straight up. I've told you before. Unhelmeted, law-breaking drug runners. Yep. So well done. Well done, Greens. Congratulations. <laughs> you've, just made, you've, just, you've just made it a hell of a lot easier for Joe Bloggs to to get oh. his to you know for Mr Big to get his methamphetamine run around Melbourne well and played then, and then stab a few people or drive run a few over yeah look it's just one of these these woke theories are just that's just a a great example of why it's and the, half the problem is that you know kids at school you know and you talk about your university students. They are indoctrinated about climate change. You know, this is it's it's fact. You're going to be all going to be dead in 30 years. They've been wrong for 50, and I think I've been through all of the predictions they've had that were wrong. And um, it's 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 just ridiculous. Like your electric car. Like at the moment, you're chucking out finding 20 tons of carbon dioxide per year. They want to get you down to two ton per year, and and that's why. So the last one that happened was in nineteen ten before anybody had cars. It's just look, it it really it climate change is a debate. It's not a fact, and don't tell me you can't argue with the science because that's what science is. It's arguing with shit, and kids should be taught the pro sides of what's going on with climate change, and they should also be taught the other side of it as well, which I'd be happy to come in and, you know, do. But, you know, it's it's like religion. You know, you learn about it, then you make up your mind whether it's for you or not. But at least Oh, the they were the old days, you silly old fart. We don't isn't debate that, anything it? anymore. You just uh, you just get it uh, poured down your throat and you've got to swallow it, all right? I'm surprised right. you compare. I'm not. I'm pleased you compare it to religion because you know what I think climate change is. It's a it's cult. God. It's God for atheists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see, I mean, I know, I know you've got a religious background, Brian, and I've always said if religion offers comfort to people and mm. helps them lead their lives in a happier way, more power to them. Yep. But don't ram it down somebody's throat. Don't tell me that I'm wrong because it's written in the Bible. That's like telling me I'm yeah, yeah. wrong. That's like telling me I'm wrong because somebody saw it on an episode of The Simpsons. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the Bible per se. So don't tell me I'm wrong about something and stop having the argument because it's in the Bible. And don't tell me I'm wrong about it because global climate change is a fact. Because I am not. I don't behold to that. So don't. And the problem is that as powerful as the religious lobby is, 
you know, climate change is far more powerful because we are living every day with changes to our life, changes to the laws, changes to the roads based on climate change. Yep. And, and, and it's an and, oh, We've got to move on, boys, so, so yeah, wrap it up. Just one little thing. Yep. They can't even tell you accurately what next Friday's weather's going to be and they expect you to believe that they can tell you what it's going to be like in 35 years. As Jordan Peterson says, the longer you stretch out the mod, the, the model that they project the weather, the, the more inaccurate it becomes. So to project, they can't do next week. So to project for 30 years, they've been wrong for 50. And <laughs> the big thing about the models that they do to predict the climate change they can't predict pre- predict what the clouds are going to do. Now, clouds are a big part of the weather. And if you can't predict one part of what the weather is, how the hell can you come up with an accurate prediction of what's going to happen with the weather? It's total bullshit. And if you lose too much carbon dioxide, we have a, all the plants die and we have a freaking um, an ice age. So, you know, it's just... It needs to be debated, not just accepted like a bunch of sheep because, and, you know, like you saw what they did with COVID. Anybody said anything about the vaccines, they got kicked off Twitter, they got kicked off Facebook, and I think it's the same with um, climate change. You say too much shit bad about climate change, they'll shut you down. And And I'm just going to prove that right now, Brian, because I'm going to shut you down right now, okay? Fair enough. (laughs) only because we have to move on. Well, you know, but no, a good serious discussion. Sp- on no, show. spirited discussion, boys, and, uh, you know, well, well thought out, and uh, I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now, 9th of June, 1978, the top 10 on the 3XY music survey. At number 10, Denis by Blondie. Number 9, Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Number 8, You're the One That I Want by Olivia and John. Number seven, Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty. Six, Lovers Like Oxygen by Sweet. Five, Can't Smile Without You, Barry Manilow. Four, I Think I'm Gonna Fall in Love by Supercharge. Number three was I Can't Stand the Rain by Eruption. Number two, Lovers in the Air by John Paul Young. And number one was Wuthering Heights by Kate Hardly, a, hardly a stinker in there. Oh, you think? Oh, look, I think there's a couple of not good ones, but, geez, there's some beauties in that. Yeah. I've never looked at it yet, so I'll be... Wing in this tonight. 1978, uh, June 9th, 1978. I was doing nights on 3X1 playing all those songs, all 40 of those songs I would have been playing. So we also got the uh, the tips, so we're going to get to the footy tips in just a tick, and we've got the Deathalyzer as well. So we might do the mm. Deathalyzer first, Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, the Deathalyzer. There's a couple of big ones that will leave till last. A couple of ones that I reckon would have just slipped through and you might have missed. Ed Ames died this week at the age of 95. You're going, Ed Ames? Ed Ames? Yeah, I know the name. Okay. Uh, famous as a singer with the Ames Brothers and as a, a singer in his own right, uh, he had a massive hit uh, with uh, My Cup Runneth Over, which was a big, big, deep baritone voice, Ed Ames. But famous for me and for, for my generation, he died at the age of 95, he was in Daniel Boone. He was Mingo, the uh, oh, the, Indian. the Indian. Yes, 
in the Daniel Boone show with Fess Parker. Daniel Boone was a man. Yeah. What a big man. Yeah, great show. It was a really good show, and he was really, really good in it. And I did a bit of reading about him today. Um, he had sort of dark um, features and, and olive skin, but he was Jewish. Um, and he finished up playing a, uh, a an American, a Native American Indian, not only in Daniel Boone, but in quite a, other, a number of other shows as well. And and uh, if you Google him, I haven't I haven't Googled this myself, but I read about it, and I didn't get a chance to uh, jump on and try and find it. He did an appearance as himself, uh, but obviously talking about Daniel Boone on the Johnny Carson show, and it involves some uh, tomahawk throwing. And there's a, a, a if what I read and is and it's very funny it plays out as well on video as it did when I read it. Uh, it's well worth having a look at, and uh, the irony of Ed Ames being Jewish and playing an American Indian is is in that clip from the Carson show. The other one is uh, George Maharis, who died at the age of 94, an actor and singer, but uh, best known as uh, one of the major characters in Route 66, one of the uh, television series that was really, really big in the uh, in the early part of the, the 60s. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't watch that. Route 66, it was Marty Milner who went on to be in Adam 12. He was one of the two cops in Adam 12, the blondie one in Adam 12. He was in it with George Maharis. Um, and there's a lot of controversy about, uh, which I didn't know at the time, which I was reading about today, about George Maharis leaving Route 66 because it was a massive show. He'd been on it for three years and then he mysteriously left really quickly. And it was something uh, I'm gathering from what I was reading today about his, his sexual orientation was upsetting for the producers. So... Um, what, he liked girls. No, he didn't. Um, and that was what was upsetting. Uh, now, the other two that I wanted to get to, two really big ones. Joy McKean died this week at the age of 93. Um, she is an iconic Australian figure in her own right, but is best probably known and remembered and talked about as Slim Dusty's wife. Um, now, between, uh. her, between her and Slim, they wrote, they wrote all those songs they s- 45 golden guitars between them from the uh, the Tamworth Country Music Festival. She wrote what I reckon is Slim's best song, which was Lights on the Hill. Um, and I can remember as a, as a young DJ in, in Longreach on the Saturday night country music uh, request show, there were pages, literally 10 or 12 pages of requests for Lights on the Hill. There might have been a page for Pub With No Beer, but there were like 10 pages for Lights on the Hill. It was just such a massive song. So she... She wrote that one and she wrote a number of other songs as well. And with the McKean sisters, they were a singing group in their own right. So at the age of 93, Joy passed away. And the other one, of course, was the one that everyone has talked enormous about and radio stations have played uh, song after song after song. And we've seen clips on the television of the rugby league thing. Tina Turner passed away at the age of 83. Shall I tell him my story about John Stevens? <laughs> well, you can you can hear it on uh, Life of Brian as well on the new web when that comes over. Go on. Um, so finally, I'm I'm at um, Brisbane Airport heading up to Rockhampton, and I see John Stevens and his mate there. And um, I said, "Oh, would you guys play last?" I said, "Oh, we did an acoustic charity show." I said, "You know, we raised about a million bucks, and so you know, there's a whole lot of shit on, and uh, cool." And then the guy says to me. John Stevens, mate. I think he's the musical director or something. I'm not sure. Tony? Was it Tony? Uh, Big Tony? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a Maori looking guy. Yeah, that's Tony. Tony Copper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm shit with names. I know faces, but yeah. So anyway, he goes, oh, yeah, we played a couple of Tina Turner. So we only played five songs, you know, just acoustically. And uh, 
we played, you know, a couple of Tina Turner songs. So I said, what, did you play any Rolf Harris songs as well? He died. Come on. What's going on? And apparently they, they totally ignored Rolf Harris. There was no two little boys, no timey kangaroo down sport, no Jake, Jake the, the pig. pig, nothing, nothing. No painting, no didgeridoo, just totally ignored him. I don't know, but, mm. you know. Controversy. Well, I guess that, well, you seem to have ignored that he died this week too. What? No, did we do? We mentioned it last week, didn't we? No. No, no I'll mention it now. Oh, okay. Didn't I mention it last week? Or did, did he no. die after the show last? And no, he died after the show. Yeah. Sorry, he died after the show. He's well, I'll mention. I'll mention it this. Okay. I'll mention it this week. All right, we'll go on, funny. Please do. I am absolutely fucking appalled by the Herald Sun, appalled by the Age, appalled by a number of outlets that wrote. Full of victories. Yeah, yeah. They wrote about his going to prison or whatever. Yep. About all the stuff around his criminality. And that made up, in the case of the Herald Sun, one tenth of the article. In fact, on the front page of the Herald Sun was a picture of Rolf Harris, just up the top. Rolf Harris dies age 93, clearly from his heyday. And that article went through his entire professional career. That bloke was a f***ing pedophile. That bloke also persecuted the people that had the courage to stand up in court against him by making them relive it in numerous appeals, of which a couple were successful on technical grounds. He is still a convicted pedophile. He got to die at home in his British mansion Surrounded by family and friends, he can go fuck himself. And I tell you what, the fact that they, the fact that they portrayed him. Look, I can only go, I can only say publicly that he was a convicted pedophile, a convicted sex offender. That's what he goes to his grave at. He should have an unmarked grave like Jimmy Savile. This is the that, first time we've had cheery news on the death Eliza. <laughs> I mean, yeah, seriously. So funny, was, I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you a question. And and he I, was fated. He was fated in the papers on the weekend. Well, but I want to ask you this: Should you completely and utterly ignore when you when you do a story like that? Should you completely and utterly ignore everything that the person did in their life? No. Absolutely. No, I, I still think absolutely. I, well, hundred percent, you should. That's you know what? He, you know what he did well, with his famous. Would you well, listen to Michael famous? Jackson records? Would you Pardon? listen to a Michael? Ja- would you listen to a Michael Jackson? Hang song? On, Michael Jackson was never well, convicted. First of all, Michael yeah, because he made his way out of it. Yeah, well, but no, no, no. Michael Jackson. I, I can only go by what somebody is in a court of law, but also there is where it gets interesting. Hmm. I don't think music is the crime, but them playing music I would never listen to. So it's difficult when you have a composer or when the Glitter Band does songs without Gary Glitter. Um, Now, absolutely, I would completely blank everything he did because you know what he did? You know what he did with his fame? It was whilst he was famous. It was whilst he was doing all those things. It was whilst he was being courted by the Queen. It was whilst he did Royal Command performances. Yeah, no, I understand was, that. That he was taking advantage of, of, of 
Oh, he, he, abs- he absolutely used his position, his fame, his notoriety, his power, his money, all, right, all those no, things. No, all right, so I've no, I've no you, doubt about that. Tell me and what then, you think of this, Brian. While he was doing an Australia Day performance in Australia, yeah. now this was evidence in the case, right? I'm not making this up and I'm not slandering or... or Doing anything that wasn't brought up in the well, case. I wish, I wish you would slander and make no, things shut up. up let's Brian. go with the facts. <laughs> this is this is a fact from the case, right? There was an underage girl that he cornered in a toilet. She was coming out of a toilet. Her testimony was that he forced her back into the toilet and digitally raped her. Later that day. He was on stage with that child's mother. Now, that mother had no idea of what had gone on, and he put his hand up the back of the mother's dress, who was horrified and turned around and accosted him. And do you know what he said? Your daughter didn't complain when I did it to her. Well, that's terrible. Oh, there's no, and that's the, there's and no, that, no words for that. There's, uh, you, and, that's, look, look, and, that's the, no, and that's the bloke we are. Nobody, yeah, I'm not, nobody, I'm, nobody appreciates that kind of behaviour. It's unacceptable. He should be jailed for it, and that's what he did get, but not as probably not enough. However, you know, I still think Bill Cosby tapes are funny. I think Michael Jackson records are still good. George Washington was a slave owner. He still did some good things. You know, I I think if you look at the work, you know, like if you look at the single Two Little Boys by Rolfo, it's a pretty good single. It, it, it made a lot of people happy. And, yeah, okay, the guy was a horrible human being. But I don't know. I don't like the idea of diminishing people's work or banning people's work because of a really bad character, criminal flaw. Um I think, I, I, think pedoph- I think pedophilia crosses the line. I think you – look, you know. Yeah, okay. I, I, no, I accept I can, that. I can honestly say a lot of crimes – there are some crimes that are very serious that I would say, you know, yes, but he was still, a, you know. Yeah. I That is a crime that blanks out your – your everything you've done. Yeah, I don't I, I'm not for one moment suggesting that we should celebrate or no. or uh, but but I think part of and part of what you said before finally about the way he was able to do what he finished up doing was because of what he had done and what he'd achieved and the success that came with that gave him the opportunity to do the things that he did. I I I think Reporting that he was that he did all these other things kind of points out to people that that uh, if if you're in a vulnerable position that not to think that you know because this bloke has painted the queen twice or because he's done this or he's sold that many records or he's had this successful TV show or this thing over here all the things that you know about Rolf Harris's record uh, as an entertainer you then go, well, hang on, don't think that he's not capable of doing these things just because he did that. And I think that kind of transposes into people who are around today who are probably still doing exactly the same thing with the same MO and getting to where their ability to do that is because of what they've done. So you might see some parallels and that might be something of a warning sign for some people. Yeah, look, look, the the problem was that these articles were – they didn't integrate his criminality – See, see, a a well-written article would have said that, you know, whilst he was being fated in England, it was at that time that he was grooming 
Yeah. He's... To be Daughter's honest, best friend. Uh, uh, a, yeah, um, and that would have uh, put it into perspective because all they did was write up what he'd been charged for, then made it very clear that he got off some of those charges. Well, that's lazy journalism. That's incredibly lazy journalism. On appeal. And then and then it started. He was born, and I can tell you because I read the article, I can tell you he was born, he, he had um, working class parents. They lived near Perth River where he learned to swim. Yep. He was a... Uh, Australian champion backstroker, all of these things were listed uh, uh, as a resume of of this famous Australian who made it on the – it's as though – you know what I hated about it? It continued to th- – this article sort of played into this fascination or this, this need we have for world approval and it – you know, it talked about how Rolf left Australia and became a darling of the royal family, huge in Europe. Like, that's the greatest achievement. The greatest thing an Australian can do is leave Australia and be loved by the rest of the world for being Australian. But, you know? but, wow. but, he, but he was... Oh, sorry. Yeah. He, uh, he was saying, a great... Wow. He was a great ambassador for Australia. And, yeah, you know, a lot of people... A lot of breaking children. Well, great. Well, yeah, okay, we... You know, we've established that we don't appreciate that. But he kind of appreciated it. Well, we don't like it. Uh, We're we're actually, we're dead against it. Um, um, But his TV shows that went through England, they, you know, explained Aboriginal culture and didgeridoo and his painting and he'd sing the songs. It was really, it really kind of helped. It was probably almost as, Good or better than um, Paul Hogan's put a shrimp on the Barbie campaign. Yeah, but it's tainted now. But, it is tainted now, Brian. I, I don't. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But, but, but it's like it's like it's, all right. So to put it in perspective, and remember, he got he got arrested in the same investigation as Jimmy Savile, wasn't it? Finally, out of Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Unfortunately, Jimmy Savile was dead. Now, yeah, Jimmy Savile's life was so vile and horrific that they had to remove his body from the cemetery in Leeds and give it a, put it in an unmarked grave. That's how much people hated him. Yeah. I don't have yeah, any right. doubt about that. The, the, the hatred towards Rolf Harris from his, from his um, survivors and, and from his victims, I, I don't have any doubt. The, only, I, I, the, best, the best report I saw on it was Peter Ford actually did it on Sunrise or whichever one Pete's on, um, and he said he actually made a big point of saying – Yes, he did. He did this, and he did this, and he did this, and he did this. But that was how he got to the position of being able to do this, this, and this—the things that he went that, to jail that's for. That's what you have to say. And that's know? and that. When I saw that, I thought that's how you present that, and that's that's the professional, good journalism, um, mm-hmm. good good reporting, smart broadcaster of how you do it. You say yeah. yes, he did this, this, and this, but that's how he got to be able to do this, and that's yeah. That, and that's I don't right. know. I- I think what do you mean? You know, I'll tell you what. I you know what I, I think. That's, I, I think don't think he was a great simplistic. ambassador for the country. I'm not now. I'm, no, I'm. I think as a nation, we should be apologetic for unleashing him on the rest of the world. Well, English he would have been. Would it would have, have been better if he drowned in the Perth River. Anything would have known anything about <laughs> Aboriginal culture. Um, the things we do, and the and the you know the woman and stuff. He introduced the world to all this stuff that we had here. He was, you know, and look, you know, I, I agree with you, Fanny. I think he's a vile man, and that's f-ed up. But and but I disagree with you, Kev. That 
he did all this so that he could groom children and that you know that's that's like saying I joined a band so I could root chicks. Now, you know, Fine. you know there are people that join bands just so they can root chicks. I know a bass player that's hey, joined for exactly that are, reason. And as long as those chicks are over eighteen, then yep. more power to them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. but but you know, there's a there's a passion for your music and for your art. That's probably as great. You don't just go, right, oh, no, I'm going to be a singer and an artist and a comedian. But isn't there something just so I can get a root? I don't. I think that's a bit simplistic. Um, no, no. Isn't you know, there the something guys, that got horrific about people like Rolf Harris and Jimmy Savile and Bill Cosby? Well, who, you know, I who think five... that they are so famous, and that was one of his. It, it, it was actually in one of the articles post his death that one right. of the things he said to one of his victims was, nobody will believe you. Don't you know who yep. I am? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And, But that, and that, that really that, is their attitude. That yeah, well, of course attitude. it is. Yeah, it is. And, and I, the, am so fa- I am so famous. I'm The Queen loves me. Who? Nobody's going to believe you. Yeah. How wow. dare you? Don't you know... How important I am! All right, uh, uh, let's leave it there, boys. I think we've all made our uh, all made our points about uh, which which way let's we sit on that. Agree. To, let's agree that he was a very bad, evil man, and we'll go with that. Well, he was. I still, I still uh, listen to some of his songs because no I like I love two little boys. That's, but that's a choice you can make. You can vile, evil man. Yeah. All right. I'll still listen to Thriller. Let's get to the tips now, and this is the introduction of uh, Lenny's Fine Foods SP competition. All right. The SP is standing for special points, of course. Right. Uh, we're doing the special so, points first. So, we? well, no, we do them together because you're basically you're picking the winner. Um, oh. But there's an added bonus in it for you if uh, if you know if you go with the one that's. Um, well, you, well the, but they're two separate competitions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, they're two separate competitions. So, um, you, but you might have two separate tips. Oh, okay. You can do that if you want to. Yeah, if you yeah, want. There's no yeah, value okay. tipping north in the normal one, but I might tip it in the other one. Yeah. Okay. All right. You can do that. We can do that. We uh, we have we have the necessary paperwork here to be able to do that. Let me just recap last week's because I know Brian wants me to. Don't you, Brian? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. Okay, uh, the round didn't start well for you, Brian, because Sydney beat Carlton. Um, mm. So you you weren't off to a flyer by any stretch, but by geez, did you have a Super Saturday, Mannix? <laughs> when the Hawks beat the Saints. Yay. When the Dockers beat the Demons. When GWS got up against the Cats. Uh-huh. And then the Suns beat the Bulldogs. Yeah. Did he get all four of them? And then yep. Essendon won. That, so by played a hundred buck. That's a hundred to one. Those four. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought that would have might have even been more than that. To be honest. Uh, so by Saturday night, uh, when Essendon finished their little uh, uh, punching out of the West Coast Eagles, um, you had one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Five. You had five out of six. At that stage, he was all Saturday winners. He was the only person in Australia. Yeah, I reckon. Besides, <laughs> besides people in aged care facilities under strict 
under strict guard. <laughs> yeah, and not on their tablets. Um, yeah. At that stage, Finey and I, well, uh, Finey had two, uh, and uh, I had two. So you were you were streaking us. Then Port, oh, then Port Adelaide got up and we all picked that. Uh, then Adelaide got up and we all picked that. And then, of course, Collingwood won and you picked North Melbourne, Brian. So you would have you would have uh, cleaned up. <laughs> you That's fin- just to show how pissed I was that I picked North Melbourne. You finished oh. up with seven and a win for the week. So seven, which takes you to right. 58. Uh, Finey and I both got five each. Uh, so finally moves to 72 and I'm on 63. So it's 72, 63 and 58. Oh, still... And the supplementary you, number, Kev. yeah, yeah, you're still five behind me. You picked up three. You were seven behind me, Brian. Yeah, this is not good. No, you dropped. You dropped. You, I, you I dropped thought I'd be thirteen dropped. behind you this week. But, uh, yeah, okay, you probably will. Out well for me. All right, so you can have two tips uh, with this. You can go. All right. You can go. Your tip for the um, standard competition or for the Lenny's Fine Foods SP comp. You can have a whack at something if you want to. All right. Simple as that. First game, Melbourne and Carlton play a Friday night at the MCG. There's only seven games this week, incidentally. Um, a couple of buys in this one. Uh, so Melbourne play Carlton at the MCG Friday night at 7.50. I'm going for Melbourne, uh, and I'm going to pick Melbourne in the in the big one too because I think um, I, just, I just can't see Carlton winning. Carlton couldn't hit a cow in the ass with a frying pan on – Friday night, and I don't think that'll improve uh, much. Have we got the points breakdown here? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Melbourne will get you three points. Carlton will get you seven points. Mm. And I'm taking the three for Melbourne for them to get up. Brian, give me a, give me um, a tip. Give me a tip for on uh, Finey's top ten. Mm-hmm. I will have Carlton for seven points. Okay, Brian's over taking. Melbourne. Right. Um, for our tipping competition, I think I'll go Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. All right, that's fine. Finey? I'll go for Melbourne in both. Melbourne in both for Finey. Put Melbourne down there, Melbourne down there. Second game is Port Adelaide. I went, I'm going for uh, for Melbourne in both. Uh, Port Adelaide take on Hawthorne. Hoo-hoo! At Adelaide Oval, Saturday afternoon at 1.45. Brian? No. Look, the eight points for Hawthorne is very oh, hang on the uh, Hang on. The, it's uh, eight for Hawthorne, two for Port Adelaide. Yeah, the eight points for Hawthorne is very tempting, but Port Adelaide will get three goals advantage playing at home, so I'm going to go Port Adelaide for both. Yep, I'll be exactly the same, Port Adelaide for both. I can't see Hawthorne uh, doing anything as spectacular as that again. Uh, Finey, what have you got for this one? I'll go for Port in both. Port in both. Port in both. Uh, Next game is the West Coast Eagles taking Collingwood. Now... Strangely, the West Coast Eagles are nine, <laughs> and Collingwood are one. But I'm sorry, not I'm not insane. I haven't lost my mind. I haven't got back on the drink, so I'm going for Collingwood in both. Me too. Uh, same for Finey, because you just mm. can't, be, can't be completely silly here. I'll go Collingwood in our official competition. Yeah, it's over at West Coast. Yes, it is. Those guys must be so freaking embarrassed. But Collingwood is the best team. Mm. Um, Nine points, Brian. Oh, let's go for West Coast. Let's have a let's, I, I let's have a crack. Let's, <laughs> let's, have a crack. 
He couldn't resist the big payout. Yeah, just the little the little opening got there, and the hundred, you know, the nine points or the hundred to one shot. Uh, uh, the horse called, you know, Brian Song, and he goes, "Oh, bugger, put ten on it. Hang on, hang on, put ten on it for me." I knew it. I knew uh, it. Had, I knew it again. Absolutely. <laughs> Western Bulldogs take on Geelong. This is at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, the Bulldogs are four points. Geelong are six points. I'm taking the four for the Bullies in both. Not with any confidence, I have to say. Geelong have been out bloody nemesis for Footscray for so many years, and I unfortunately know so many Geelong blokes uh, and former players who are good blokes, and it shits me every time they beat us. Uh, but you never know. Finey? Dogs in both. Dogs in both. Mr Mannix? I'm going to have Geelong in Finey's top ten. Yep. And I'm going to have Geelong in the other one as well. Okay. Very good. Uh, Western Bulldogs and John, we've got that one. Gold Coast. Whoa, are they on fire? And they're playing Adelaide. Oh, good game. But this is up in Darwin. Back-to-back games in Darwin for the boys, the Gold Coast boys. And they uh, they did it, they did what they had to do on Saturday night to beat the Doggies. Uh, so they'll take on uh, Adelaide up there. Uh, gee, was this a hard game to tip? Six points for Gold Coast, four points for Adelaide in the uh, Lenny's Fines Food SP comp. Top 10. I'm going to go Gold Coast and go for the six points, and I'm going to go for Gold Coast in both. Finey? I'm going to go think, Adelaide in both. I am. I think six points is generous, to be perfectly honest. Mm, I no, I think, it's about, I think it's about right. What are you going However, for? However, um, I think I'm going to do the same. I live in the Gold Coast, so Gold Coast for both for me, Kev. Okay. All right, next game is GWS and Richmond at Giants Stadium on Sunday afternoon at ten past one. I think. Don't know if I don't know if I agree with Finey's uh, scoring here. GWS are four points and Richmond is six. She's oh, this is a five and five up there, but anyway. Oh, well, I'm going. G- I'm going GWS in both. So there you go. What are you going, Brian? Um, four for GWS and six for Richmond. If you pick Richmond, they've got no coach. They have got a coach. Well, Dim has just quit. Well, Andrew so, McCalter, they and the 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 history of uh, filling coaches in their second week is even better than filling coaches in their first. Well, week. Well, this is why I'm going to go for Richmond in both in both tournaments, right. Kev. Richmond. I think that they the players playing for them. For their lives. What do you, you guys just do this to me, don't you? <laughs> you, you taught me to take in the shit tips. Uh, you know, that was, that was you easy know that I'm you know that I'm conscious of not being the project yeah, we but, all, where we on, all just on. agree. We're saving our best till last. And you leave me no option except to take the freaking loser. Finey, who are you going for? GWS or Richmond? I'll go for Well, it's tricky that one. It is. I'll go for a Richmond in both. Richmond in both. Okay. Yeah, me too. Up at Giant yeah. Stadium. That's interesting. All right, the best till last. Uh, Essendon, two points. North Melbourne, eight. Eight. Eight for North Melbourne to beat Essendon. I can't possibly tip Essendon. Not when there's eight points up for grabs. Uh, when you do that, you do that, I'm, Kev. You I'm, well, just go with I'm not getting sucked into I this. am going North Melbourne in both. You are kidding me. I am going North Melbourne in both. I don't think Essendon played very well against West Coast. I only saw the highlights, but 
Yeah, what did they hurt. beat? For God's sake, what did they beat? Oh, look, you, me, and Finey could have put together a team and beat them. But um, no, no, Essendon for both for me. That's just ridiculous, Kev. Essendon for both. Ah, well, you know, Brian. Essendon, just your two points. Do you take your two points there, Brian? Off you go. I'll take my two points, because you're going to get none. Essendon in both. Essendon in both. Right. So... If I look at so the little, who feels silly now, Kev? Well, I'll just I'll, I'll let you know, uh, Brian. I'll go for you first. Let me have a look here. 7, 9, 18, 24, 30, 36. You, your maximum points that you could get this week is 38. And what's, what's finding maximum points? Well, if you give me two seconds to be able to add them up, I'm not frigging Barry Jones. Well, I thought you had a little computer game. 5, 6, you 10. You ready to go. 20, 22 is the maximum that uh, Finey can get. All right. Well, did, I know there's 16 difference, Brian, but if he gets 22 and you get 12, he still wins. Uh, three into his five, one, six, 10, 16, 20, and 28 <coughs> is the maximum I can get. So that's a fairly big spread. 22 for Finey, 28 for me, and 38 for you, Brian, if your tipping streak continues. And you see, next week, before we get the results, we'll give, we'll announce what the maximum score is. Like, what you would From the games? If all- yeah, if yeah. you picked every winner, you would have got this. Yeah. So you oh, – it's good. I like that. And what happens at the end of June, the winner gets – We're negotiating. We're negotiating. Okay. But there, and there is definitely worthwhile in winning this June competition. Yep. Yes, okay. absolutely. All right. I need it. <laughs> you'd, yeah, you'd, you wanted to run in through July as well, I'm thinking, Brian, don't we? Yeah, we've, run, we've, we've, we've had an exciting introduction into our tipping competition that other tipping comps just don't have. Well, I like it. And, in fact, uh, you know, at the end of June, we may just piss the other one off and just keep doing this till the end of the year if we enjoy it that much. Yeah, well, uh, Not piss the other one off, but do them both, keep doing them both till the end of the year. And next year we'll do this one. Yeah, well, I like I like, I really like I, I, I it's good. We need a point of difference. Everybody else has got a tipping competition. Yeah, ours no, is the yeah. only one that's scale. handicapped. And, and you know the other thing when you when you if we we all start putting it up on social media that you know uh, for instance, Finey's got one hundred and thirty two in the tipping competition. They'll be going, Jesus Christ! Sadly, Mister Winner all year. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think next year, Finey, we could introduce like if you pick West Coast, you get minus four, you get minus numbers, perhaps. They might no, come good we'll, next year. Well, there'll be some interesting innovations. Yeah. I'll, I've got I, some ideas. I just like it as it is. I, I reckon it's a really good um, – Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's a really good fun thing. Um, and I, yeah. and there'll be games – and I haven't looked at the, the draw for next week or anything – but there'll be games where it'll be five and five, and there'll be games where it will be nine and one again. And I, I, I like that um, as you go through. Yeah. when there's not, It'll be even better when there's nine games. Yeah. Um, well, well, have a look at this week's results, right? Yeah, yeah. we'll check it out. That, that Geelong GWS game, that would have been eight points to yep. GWS. Oh, and so I, I would be, I would have caught up and overpassed Kev. Oh, yeah, I would have thought the eight and, uh, it would have been eight and two Hawthorns and Kilda, or seven and three. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm getting close to Finey. Yeah, <laughs> and seven and three Gold Coast Bulldogs. Yeah. So now I'm in front of Finey. Yep. I'm yeah. winning the competition. So there you go. Yeah, well, see, yeah. that's the other thing that that does. If you have a week like he just had 
and you tip those yep. four winners that no one else got, and they all would have been sevens or eights or nines. All of yep. a sudden, you yep. are you. All of a sudden, you're back in. Whereas in the in the old style, in the normal style competition, he's picked up seven for the week, but we still got five. Yeah, yeah, that's I right. Won- I wonder whether it's for the whole year because you're just going to pick all the outsiders and you'll get two a week, and that's probably enough to no, get you it'll, the it'll, line. No, nah, it'll flatten it out over the – you can't. You couldn't go going for the, the, the roughies every week because you, you see that with the kiss of death when you look I mean, at if you go for the If you go for the roughies every week, you'll, you will land a few, but – but you're just not going to get your rank and file two and three points. And, Correct. And, and if the other person picks a roughy, roughy or two, you're going to be we'll, – we'll, we'll see. See, Brian, in yeah, the, in I, the I, end – I could get three nine-pointers and miss everything else and then um, 27 points. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good weekend. Yeah, but there'll be very rare, um, very rare times there'll be three nine-pointers in a round, I would have thought. Well, no, what, well. you, what you did – by picking five winners on Saturday, that was a hundred to one pop. Oh yeah, you deserve Should to be put some money on it. You deserve to be winning any competition. Seriously, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did right, mind you. See, but then you stuffed it up because you went for North Melbourne, and they were never going to win that game. No, I was look. I was pissed out of my mind last weekend. Anybody who heard the show would understand. And, oh, yeah. um, Did you notice, Finey? I didn't notice anything. Oh, I you? think you both noticed. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Sounded normal to me. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Let's get to the uh, the chart, boys, because we're, uh, we're clocking up the time here. Now we've got this chart. Uh, it's a beauty, and I've lost it in front of me. Um, from June 9, 1978. Finey, kick us off. All right. My number one bad. Mm-hmm. Number three bad. Oh, by the way, I want to tell you something about these charts. I always had a suspicion about charts that they're they're supposed to be based on what? Sales. Well, the official line was sales, and this was the radio station ones, which this is a radio station one. So it's based on uh, what what they officially said was sales, listener response and requests were factored into it as well. Yeah, so in other words, there was there was some, you know, very and, loose interpretations an there. Element, there, was, there was an element of manual manipulation. Correct. I know because I, I did can, the Brisbane one. I, I can prove it in this chart. Okay. Because at 13 and 14, if I can't have you and if you can't give me love, at 20, so these are all grouped next to each other. 21 and 22, lazy eyes and ebony eyes. 28 and 29, sometimes when we touch, somebody touched me. They just put all the songs with the same names <laughs> next to each other. No, they didn't do it like that, but there was. There was oh, I think somebody did. There was manual manipulation. I don't know who was doing the chart in 3X19 in 78. Yeah. Well, um, I think we should call in the expert on manual manipulation, Brian. <laughs> well, somebody touched me by. A friend of Rob Rolf Harris. Don't is, start uh, that again. Come on. I'm just Hang trying on. to keep a theme going through the show. All right. Uh, All right, here we go. All right, Finey, what do you got? All right. At number three, bad. Yep. As it happens, somebody touched me by Shaken <laughs> Stevens. <laughs> oh, God. And you know why? Because somebody touched Shaken? No, because this song's an absolute ripper. I can't believe there wasn't legal action taken. Have you heard this song? 
I can't remember no. it. There are major parts of it that are like Wake Up Little Susie. Oh, okay. It's a complete rip. Probably I didn't. mean, Shaker was never the most original performer on God's Green Earth, and I know you've interviewed him, but he was a rip-off. Well, he did cover versions. He didn't write hardly any of the stuff I don't think that he ever did. This old house didn't and all write. those songs, they were all covers. Didn't write any songs. I don't think he could read. <laughs> It's, it's, very, bright, it's very unkind, Finey. He's a nice man. We had a lovely chat yeah. with him. We did. Yeah, I bet he is. It was a, no, we did have a nice chat with him. Righto, so what's your good one? And at number number three, good, as much as I wish it was a song called Dennis because that would be great, it's actually Denise, yes, which is. is almost my favourite song by Blondie. Good song. It's a beautiful song. It's a good song. I really like Denise. And I and I and I loved hearing disc jockeys massacre it because they weren't paying any attention. Go, here's Dennis by Blondie. Go, you dickhead. <laughs> dickhead. Yeah, it's a rap about Dennis committee. No, yeah. it's a beauty. Yeah, it is a good song. It is a good song. Number ten on this chart. All right, Brian, what do you got? You've had your chance to have a quick look over the charts. I know you didn't do it all day. No, no, I've been very busy today. I've been very busy here. today, Kent. Very busy. I had to spend fifteen minutes on the phone to you to do life of Brian, and then. I had to. Oh, I, I don't know. I had to sit around and have yeah. a little nap. But anyway, um, look, this is a song that a lot of people like, but I'm going to put it in as my bad because it just shits me. Um, it's got a great sax solo. Um, it's, no. but it's just it's dinner music no, to you're me. Not. I'm doing it. You're not, Jerry. Jerry Rafferty, Baker Street. I it, this song just never connected with me. It was just, you know, um, it's just too nice. Or you know, the musicianship is great. The, the there's nothing wrong with the song, but it's the sort of song I want playing in the background while I'm talking to a girl at dinner. I'm not dancing to it. I'm talking to somebody. Not a dance song. Not everything has to be a dance song. No, well, it doesn't have to be, but it's background music. And I don't think background music deserves a spot in the top 40. So for me, Baker Street by Mm. Jerry Rafferty, it's a great sax solo. Everybody knows that. But um, I just think it's pretty, pretty bland. Okay. It doesn't really express any emotion, and I think that's what music should do, you know, express something that's in your heart. But, you know, you're just talking about some street down the road. Well, who cares? You know, I don't care. Um, Okay. Now, I'm looking at this. This is a ripper chart. I could probably pick seven or eight uh, for good ones, but I don't think anybody's going to pick this, so I will. Mm. And it's Dave Edmonds, I Knew the Bride, when she used to rock and roll. I, I like that song. It's it's rock and roll for A. And B, it's a quirky lyric, you know. Um, you know, oh, she's married now, but, you know, I knew when she used to I rock and roll. Bride when she, yep. Yeah, so that's that's uh, my number three. Well, thank you, Brian. I've been gazumped twice. Oh, really? I have both those you- two songs in my list. What? Yeah, but you wouldn't have Baker Street in your bad list. I don't have either of them in my bad list. Well, yeah. I, I've got you, the bride, in my good list. Yes, yeah, so have I. Because right. I had a look at it, and there's a lot of songs in this chart that, quite frankly, because I because I worked on the radio in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties and stuff, I, the, I look at the songs and I just I want to vomit. I'm so sick to death of them. 
They got played so much. I played them so much. I heard them so much. Um, they were everywhere. I've had to live with them for the you know the forty odd years, fifty odd years, nearly since they came out. So I'm just so burnt and tarnished that I decided to look at this chart and go, okay, I want I want to pick three songs good and three songs bad. That the first time I heard them, I went, wow, or I went, oh no. So that's what I've done. So Dave Edmonds is my number three in the good because uh, I knew the bride first time I heard it. I thought. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a song that's gonna be all right. I'm gonna actually like that one probably still in in ten five ten years time because that's got a little bit of uh, attitude about it, a little bit of fun, not not taken too seriously. I thought, yep. So Dave Edmonds is my number three on the on the positive side. On the negative side, someone should have shot the members of Boney M um, up the bum with some sort of thing that made them just. Go away, disappear. Some sort of tranquilizer, some sort of whatever superpower or whatever. If Boney M had a superpower, I wish it was that they were invisible and silent because they are the worst group God ever put breath into. They didn't only do one bad song, they did about six of them. And I didn't hear this song first, I saw it first on freaking Countdown. And Molly played it and went, Here's Boney M's new one, do yourself a favour, it's going to be a big hit. And the minute that he, he played Rivers of Babylon on Countdown, I thought, you bastard, I'm going to have to live with that piece of crap playing on, on the radio station I work for every day for the next however many weeks that this piece of shit stays in the chart and gets to number one because you're going to play it because it's got a good video clip that looks good on Countdown and they're you know, a popular band and the dance songs are around. I thought, you bastard. So my number three bad is Boney M's River of Babylon. But they are getting a uh, Hall of Fame inclusion into the, um, uh, the bad songs of all time for me because I, God knows, I can't stand them. Right, Ophiney. Mm. So I almost agree with you on Boney M because I hate rivers, hated Rivers of Babylon. Oh, God, it's an awful Hated song. Rasputin. Oh. Didn't like Mar Baker. Didn't hate it, but didn't like it. That was the best thing they did. No, the best thing they did was Daddy Cool. Oh, yes, but yeah. Oh, oh okay. Mar Baker had the best intro of any of their songs. Um, yeah. Uh, I, think they had, I think they had a couple of moments and then they released – Five or six of the worst songs ever that I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they do it for me every time. Um, All right. What have you got? Number, number two, bad. bad. I'm not a loser, right? No. I'm not one of these desperate, hopeless people that follow like sheep yeah. and and somehow think that because there's been a, a recent revival of a song that legitimises that song for all time. This song was horrid when it came out. <laughs> of course that there was a revival in England because I don't know if you know this, but the English have a fascination. English men love getting dressed up as women. They, they have this in sort of innate, in, innate need to cross-dress, to be stupid, to get dressed up as nuns when they go to the cricket. And to fawn over, fawn over mediocrity. They think it's sort of cool to put something horrible on a pedestal and make it great. Yeah. And that's what Wuthering Heights is. Ooh. It is a 
It is a terrible song sung by a clear, clearly maniacal singer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, her revival, the whole song's revival, is based in some sort of you know, same same reason they're fascinated with with Jack the Ripper. You know, it, that they're the, the English are very weird. I think I think it, I think it's a lack of daylight, but they. <laughs> But they are not normal people, and there is nothing musical or enjoyable about about doing. It's actually very Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's me. It's me. Um, who wants a fucking musical version of Wuthering Heights? I did it for English Lit in Form Five, and it was a, a a torturous experience. Who on earth does a musical version of a Bronte? But the whole thing's the whole thing is so British. It's it's not music. It's it's English wankerdom at its best. English wankerdom. You've you've rolled out a few classics tonight, uh, finally, but uh, English oh. wankerdom I like. Yeah, yeah. May have to use on that the during the Asher hand, series. On the other hand, in my number two, good. Mm-hmm. Now I know you would have played this a million times, and it makes you vomit. You need to see a doctor for it. But take away, we take away your. You won't like it because you've played it too often. No, I, I still there's still some songs I do like. I just I just they're, All right. They're, I'm just saying good. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on a limb here. Yeah. Brian won't like it because he's homophobic. But why I'm not homophobic? <laughs> well, pretty close. I've got more gay friends than you do. And I've yeah, got well, well give me some of the one of them. I'm all over it. I go, I'm hoping to get a Japanese girlfriend with a boob job. What are you talking about? You get a Japanese girlfriend with a penis and we'll talk. <laughs> uh, now back to your number two. Is YMCA. That, uh, it's certainly not one of my favourite songs of all time, but it's it's high energy and it's a brilliant iconic song. And they were they were actually, if you look back at it, if you look back at their whole story, they were enormously brave, the village people. It wasn't always easy just to be out there and, doing this sort of shit. You know, people were getting killed for being gay in America in the 70s. I didn't think it and was on here. I don't it? think we I don't think we even realized that they were gay. I think Macho Man's on there. Yeah, Macho Man's on there. Now there's another oh, San Francisco. Macho- as well. Oh yeah, you're right. So we'll go with Macho Man. Well MCA's not there. <laughs> okay. And that's good because I actually prefer Macho Man. <laughs> <laughs> ah, macho man. No, I do actually. Funnily enough, village people are not a band that I, uh, I, uh, you know, shriek away from because of that. Because um, they were happy I mean, I songs. Like, I don't like the village people because, you know, twenty five years later they were still perform- performing at the Burvale, but they were. <laughs> yes. but, but we were like six cowboys and seven seven Indians from the original. Yes. Yeah, and the police officer had gone on to be, you know, Inspector Clouseau in the end. It's, you know, it's, I mean, th- th- this was th- this was the police officer thrice removed. Yeah. Well, I met um, Randy, the 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 cowboy one. He, I think they all were. I think they all were. <laughs> Randy. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, Jeff, I think his name was. Um, he was actually a lovely, lovely fella. He came in and did off the record at 3XY in 84, 85 when they toured. Did he give you a massage, Kev? No, he didn't, Brian. Oh, Why do straight you. blokes like you, Brian, think that gay blokes would fancy them? 
I did, did sort of. Because my gay friends fancy me, finally. They love me. They think I'm gorgeous. That's and, what they tell uh, you. I mean, oh, all, right, all right, let's take you out of the equation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's been suggested several times on this program, finally. Yeah, nothing um, got to do with this before. <laughs> <laughs> let's just do it. All right, now, come on, Mannix, you're number two, please. Um, uh, well, look, I think I'm going to have a little look at. It's not the worst song, but I just don't think it belongs here. Lou Rawls. Oh, for God's sake, Mannix, have you been looking at my list? Lady Love. He's just trying to get a root, um, and he's putting the ad out on, you know, AM radio all over the world. He's basically saying, I need a f***. And, uh, sorry, Steve. And... Um, you know, yeah, I, you know, it, it's all right. It's not the best thing, but I just oh. think it's, I don't know, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really work for me. I don't feel like having sex with Lou Rawls. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know that Lou feels like having sex with you, Brian, so move on to your good one. Well, my good one is, um, look, you know, it's not exactly my cup of tea, but you got it. You can't deny staying alive by the Bee Gees. That's, you know, that was a, a game changer that song and uh, it really put disco on the map it it did more than just you know suddenly discos were really cool after the, the movie and stuff and um, this song was the soundtrack to that yep. so um, so staying alive is the number two good for me okay uh, my number two bad only marginally beats Wuthering Heights in this category that I was looking at of female singers that were on this chart um, and this song should have been retitled "You Fill Up My Vomit Bucket," uh, but it was actually called "You Light Up My Life" by Debbie Boone. My God, Pat Boone's daughter, um, as if he hadn't inflicted enough pain on the world when he sang, um, that he got his daughter to sing. Uh, quite delightfully looking young woman who just sang this maudlin bloody song that um, uh, made you think that everyone was standing in the line for the chemotherapy about to die. Um, because th- this miserable song was seeping out of the radio every five minutes going, oh, God, it was an annoying song. Um, and it still is. And uh, I'd never heard her sing a happy song, a song that made you feel good. She just sang these misery gut songs. Awful. And my number two good in my, you know, first time I heard this song made me feel, wow, oh, yeah, I like that. I heard Lou Rolls come bouncing out of the room, lady love. Sounding like yeah. sounding like a beautiful, um, flowing, um, strong baritone version of Barry White. Barry White was down. No, 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 come on, baby, get over here. Whereas Lou Rolls, mm. just this beautiful, rounded, uh, perfect uh, voice. I love Lady Love. I thought it was a great song. So it's uh, it's my number two. Good. Mm. Okay. So there, Brian. Uh, now, Monsieur Fun. We have uh, a very interesting list that you're compiling here. In the bad side, Somebody Touched Me by Shaken Stevens, followed by Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. And in the good side, Dennis by, by Blonde, because the IE is not anyway. Uh, and, uh, and Macho Man by The Village Idiots. What's number one? Number one, bad. Not for the first time. In an analysing charts, has Daryl Braithwaite shit the bed? (laughs) 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 Uh, 
This is a terrible, 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 terrible song. And anybody who doesn't believe me, don't don't take if you've ever not trusted me and not listened to it, you know, don't go and listen to this because you're not gonna <laughs> like hurt. it. It'll hurt you're not, you. You're not gonna like it. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down on record as saying something. Daryl and Daryl Braithwaite included, nobody could listen to this song now and not hate it. That's how bad it is. Well, you know we're all going to go and listen to it now again with that thought in our head. I, I promise you you'll hate it. <laughs> I never liked it in the and first do you know place. How, do, you know how much, do you know how much I hated it? I think we're going to find out. For a minute, it made me think that horses wasn't so bad. <laughs> and I know what you, you, you I know uh, your thoughts on on that particular song. Uh, well, I, pers- I personally believe that ho- that song "Horses" has denied twenty or thirty genuine Cox Plate chances the opportunity <laughs> to win the race. <laughs> like the horses were so. There's you go back and look at how many. Disappointing runs they've been in the Cox Plate, and most of them can be put down to the pre-game music, pre-race music. <laughs> the horses Those poor around. horses coming out there thinking, "What the fuck's going on here? I'm, ra- I'm not, I'm not running to the winning post. If that's what's waiting for me." Uh, uh, all right, <laughs> yeah, if you walked away by Daryl Braithwaite, it gets the pole position. What's uh, what's yeah, your best? But, Honestly, after this podcast, both of you listen to it. And I'm yeah, expecting an SMS. I'm expecting an SMS within five minutes. <laughs> I didn't like it when it first came out. I didn't even bother to listen to it again today because I thought, oh no, I never liked that song. Um, so I didn't put it in. Uh, so what's what's number one good? Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. As my number two bad, and that's how I hate Wuthering Heights. Yeah, I hate Wuthering Heights like I hate an umpire that doesn't. Terrible decision against your team. You know, for a minute you want to kill them. <laughs> then you sort of think, "Oh well, come on." Yeah. And then I think, and then I think I'm an umpire. <laughs> yes, yes. But in the moment when he just gives that terrible decision, so that gives you an idea of how bad if you, you walked away was. But where's Wuthering Heights on the chart? Number one. Yeah. So interestingly, have a guess where my number one song is. Number two. No. No. Oh, 40. Wuthering Heights, Heights is number two. It's number 40 and it's a good song. I'm at number 40 for yep. my number one. It's a good song. It's a great song. Women in Uniform. It's a f***ing good song, that, to be at number 40. Yep. I guess it must have been coming in or coming out. It was going out. It had been in for about 13 or 14 weeks, I think. Yeah, but I, I caught it just, you know, just as, just as its bum was going through the exit. What a great song. Yeah. I mean, look, a lot of Skyhook songs were very good. Some of them to me were a bit overrated. I don't really love Ego is a Dirty Word. Mm. It was played too much for me. All My Friends Are Getting Married was a bit annoying to me. Not Women in Uniform. I reckon that's a ripper. Yeah, it's a good song. Good song. Yep. Very good song. I love, love Shirl's vocal on that. I reckon it's really good. Yeah. That's a good sentiment too. Who doesn't like a yeah. woman in uniform? Yeah, it was good. It was a good clip. Really good clip. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a uh, no, very, very, very good song. That one. It was the first time they ever went all wore black. They were in black leather, I believe, in the video, as I recall. It. <laughs> okay. And um, it was their reaction. They're trying to adapt to punk rock, 
and that's their tough song. You know, like if punk rock was coming in and was coming in and say, you know, Greg McCainish, McCainish, I don't know, I was getting trouble for saying his name. Um, He said, right, okay, this is what we need. And, um, yeah, but I I feel that song was always Skyhooks adapting to the times. And in some ways it's a bit sad because they were setting the times and now they're adapting. Um, It's it's probably probably the last of their great work. Um, Yeah, because times are changing and, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Oh, well, it also, also there's that thing, Brian, with songwriters, and I, I, I've always thought this. You write, you write like Greg wrote, 10, you know, Baldwin calling and Ligon Street Limbo and all those things about, about the places around him and all that. You're going to run out of those sort of songs and you have to move on and start to write other, other different kind of songs and other different content in your songs. It's a bit like wow. a comedian who comes up, you know, with a whole routine based around being born in Warrnambool or something and then – as they progress on, well, you've got to move on to the next bit and the stuff that you do from then might not be as funny or as cutting or as whatever. So uh, it's all that, yeah. all that natural there's, progression, there, I reckon. There's a lot of bands like Dave Starry and Scotty and then they tell me, uh, the dreaded second album. Yeah. Because the first album, yeah, so, you know, it's like when you've got a right song. Was, well, you the, know, dread, the, the, the first two album. months or the, three months. Yeah, the first album you've got 22 years probably to, to do exactly. before you do it. And then you got then the record company's banging on your door saying, we need another album just like the one you just did that sold a million copies and we need it by next Thursday, so pull your finger out. Yeah, and the quality. Yeah, of course. You know, you normally, get, you normally get two or three really good songs on the second album, probably leftovers from the first album. Yeah, but, um, yep. but, you know, it's like there's a couple of things, like, you know, songs like Hot Chili Woman by Noiseworks. That's like, oh, yeah, you had to do another song. You didn't have anything. So you bang together a 12 bar and um, Baby, I've Got You On My Mind by Powderfinger. You know, this is substandard work by their part, I believe. Okay. So, anyway. All right. Anyway, my my number three bad, is it up to me now? It's your number one good and your number one bad. Okay. My number one good well, is going to be, well, it's pretty bland, but, you know, you, I'm, I'm judging this essentially on would I turn it off the radio if it came on? No, I wouldn't. How many people is this song made happy? Millions and millions, probably billions, um, billions of people have been happy over this song. So you're the one that I want by Oliv- our, our very own Olivia and John Travolta. Yeah. And my number one bad, and this band could have been so good, but the production is so neat and it's compressed it's that, and it's foreigner with um, you're as cold as ice, like – the, the production doesn't even sound like he wants a root. You know, it's all neat and it's, it's, it's corporate rooting. And if you're asking somebody, you're as cold as I, come on, let's, let's have a root. That's essentially what the song is about. If you're going to do that, well, you know, have a bit of a rough edge to it. So I think it's the production more than anything else that shits me about this song. But they had so many power ballads that I just have a, bias against the band. Um, so, yeah, You're As Cold As Ice um, is my number one band. Always Thought Feels Like the First Time was their best song. Um, 
and that was one of their first songs. There was the one before Cold as Ice. Um, uh, always thought that was their best song when they when they did let go a little. Uh, what's his name? Mick thing on the Jones was it on the guitar? Um, actually went off a bit, but yeah, Lou, Lou, they did. They overproduced Lou. They should have just let him go because well, he's got a good voice, well, he, Lou Grant. Well, he ended up leaving the band because yeah, they did. had so many power ballads and doing a uh, solo album because he said, "No, you, you just." Chopped your balls off too much. Yeah, but if I remember rightly, his his only hits as a solo artist were power ballads. So I don't know how that's going. What an arsehole, kid. What an arsehole. Now, my number one good, previously mentioned, uh, probably the greatest background music track of all time, and I've heard it a million times when Brian's been out to dinner with a girl in the background. Brian rings me. And uh, talks and so I'm out to dinner with a girl, Kevin. All I can hear in the background is winding my way down to Baker Street. So Baker Street by Jerry Rafferty is my number one good. Wow. Because I love background music. No, that's a great song. And the first time I heard that, I went, bloody hell, how good's the sax solo? Yeah, it's great. It's yacht rock. So I just uh, – and I've always always liked um, sax uh, – don't Brian. Always like saxophones and uh, <laughs> and horn sections uh, in <laughs> in music. I love blood, sweat, and tears. I love Chicago. I love the bands love that, that use that stuff. I love I love sax. I love the horn section. I love the sweat, the tears. That's fantastic. You finished. You started, <laughs> you idiot. Um, so, so Baker Street's my number one uh, good. My number one bad. Um, I've got a file which is uh, over the years has got too big from this bloke of songs that disappoint me from someone who I freaking idolise and who I think is you know among the most um, exalted and genius people ever to sit behind a piano or ever to sit uh, with a guitar in his hand or have a microphone in front of him and, and sing. I just think when he's good, he's just as good as – or better than anybody running around with the songs that he did that, that shaped my my musical youth and that. But Paul McCartney just keep, kept doing these horrible, bloody songs that we belted the arse out of on the radio because he was popular and everyone wanted to hear it, but – so many of them were bloody awful, and with a little luck is one of those. God, it's an awful song. It's so below him. It's so below the man. Eleanor yeah. Rigby, for Christ's sake, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't then give me with a little luck. Stick with a little luck in your in your in your pilot that you give to Mary Hopkin or someone, for Christ's sake. Don't you be singing it. You yeah, pre- pretend I agree. pretend your name's you know. Mark Fine, and give it to Mary Hopkin and take the royalties and let the song go out there, but don't let anyone know that you wrote it. Yeah, let's still a black do it. Yeah, let's still do it, or let Lulu do it, or someone, you know, but. Yeah. Or Ma- Mary uh, Hopkin. I, 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 th- I, think, I think that's a great call, Kev, because it's it's not the worst song in the world, but. No, it's not. Paul McCartney, it's bloody shit out. Yeah, exactly. I just. He is just so up there for me um, that Lennon McCartney's songs are just bloody brilliant. Anyway, we've got to go. Right for Daryl Braithwaite. I would send that to Daryl. Tell him to he might just should do a cover version of it. Um, it's it's been fun. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, English Wankerdom. English Wankerdom. That's a new one. That's up there with Dick Hittery. Your your. Very good finding, and I thought, you know, I had a couple of uh, the, the the piss ant anal grub. Almost, I thought that was going to be, I was going to patent that. 
and the leech on the fat bottom, fat boy's bottom was also. I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was a Queen song, but it wasn't. Um, thank you, boys. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's been an interesting program to say the least. It's been deeper than normal this week. I um, believe that we've spoken passionately about some deep issues. We've haven't really gone into the gutter this week, so I hope people aren't too disappointed. But uh, well, we've we got been... pretty hey, we got pretty close to the gutter. We got the bike lane. <laughs> <laughs> we could we couldn't get to the gutter for the scooters. Otherwise, we would have yeah. been in there. But there's been no mention of Yoko's pussy. No. Oh. Well, we've got to get it in. And really, finally, I think you could go back to the the reject shop because I know. People would like to hear an update on what's going on with the child. Why are they selling Uncanny X-Men albums there this week? Actually, I've got a few CDs he can <laughs> he can sell. Um, I've got about 400. I need to get rid of them so he can sell them for five bucks. Uh, all right. Yeah. We must go, boys. Uh, thank you. Uh, health. Uh, be healthy. Be good and, uh, and stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Stay horny, everybody. Uh, and uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield. Go there and see Finey. And, and I've got a little. And I've got a little. Up, next week I'll have an update on Yoko's pussy because oh, Jesus, I've, I've, I'm just going to give you the heads up. It's expanding. They're <laughs> oh, branching go, out. No, go away. Go both no, of you. No, no, go, no, go away now. No, it's go away. Be, no, it's gotta be no, you. no, you're off to me. You're muted to me, you two. Go away. Bye. See ya. All right. Stay horny. Bye. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>